0: Hey! Thanks for tuning in everybody. I decided to do another recording for tonight while we are still working on the details for our first live streaming uh, worship service this Sunday. I'll be honest, I'm actually more comfortable with a recording. I was having this discussion with Matt and Zach uh, today and yesterday. And I'm more comfortable with that just because it can be edited. Most of you know my preaching style by now, and it's one that allows me to go off script, as it were, and uh, I still kind of want to be able to be led by God as he um, brings some stuff, causes some stuff to rise up in me while I'm speaking, and uh, as I mentioned to you before, a lot of what I say to you on Sundays and Wednesdays, I'm saying to you because I'm your pastor, and I'm as excited as the next guy about the potential here to reach a wider audience with the Word of God, but the fact is, he has called me to be pastor of Living Word Family Church, and uh, doing these things for public consumption, Uh, it certainly has an upside, I guess all I'm saying is there might be a little bit of a downside too, but you know what, we're going to get through it, it's going to be great, and I'll just have to remember to stay on script and self-edit as we go along. Uh, anyway, just a little short message tonight kind of follow up on some things from last Sunday's message. I almost said things I said last Sunday, but I didn't say them on Sunday. I said them Saturday night, and I like to be precise. Uh, but the main point, if you saw that, and if you remember, was to keep our eyes on Jesus, keep our focus on Jesus through the storms, through everything else that's going on in life. And what we looked at was the episode of the fiery serpents when the Israelites were going through the desert. Book of Numbers. And uh, they, were com- they had complained, uh, complained about Moses, complained about the manna, complained about God. And as a result, these serpents came into the camp, bit some of the people, and some of the people died. And the solution that God gave Moses was to make a serpent of bronze, put it on a pole, hold it up. And anyone who looked at this bronze serpent with a steady, absorbing gaze, an expectant, right, attentive, steady, and absorbing gaze would live even if they had been bitten. And we know that the bronze serpent represents Jesus. And so the big takeaway for us is to keep our eyes on Jesus, even through these turbulent times, these troubled seasons in our lives. What I want to say a couple things about tonight is, what does that look like? Uh, what does it mean to keep my eyes on Jesus, and how do I do that? Well, one difficulty right off the bat is that we can't see him. Uh, with uh, I can't see Jesus with my physical eyes. But we have to also remember that while that's true, Jesus isn't just some nebulous spiritual concept. He is real. all right. Jesus' disciples struggled with this. They had the same issues when it came to seeing God, God the Father. In uh, John chapter 14, and I encourage you to turn there. hope you're watching this with your Bible. We'll have the scriptures up here. In John chapter 14, Jesus is preparing his disciples for his death. And his departure. And beginning in verse 7, Jesus says, If you had known me, you would have known my Father also. And from now on, you know him and have seen him. Philip said to him, Lord, show us the Father, and it is sufficient for us. Jesus said to him, Have I been with you so long, and yet you have not known me, Philip? He who has seen me has seen the Father. So how can you say, Show us the Father? Philip wanted an open vision or to have an experience like Peter, James, and John had had on the Mount of Transfiguration, where they saw some things, witnessed this miraculous appearance uh, with their own eyes. But Jesus said, If you've seen me, you've seen the Father. And there's a lot wrapped up in this statement. I've shared a lot of it with you before because we know. Because we know how Jesus responded to sickness, to sin, to repentance, to pride, even to death, we know how God responds to those things. Because Jesus made it clear that the things I'm doing are what my Father shows me. What my, the things I speak are the things that my Father speaks to me. Uh, he's saying, you want to know how God responds to the world around you. Look how I respond, because our words, our works are identical. And Jesus was adamant about this. In Matthew 5.17, Jesus said, Do not think that I came to abolish the law or the prophets. I did not come to destroy, but to fulfill. What he's saying is that everything he says and does is actually in keeping with the Old Testament. A fulfillment of the prophecies and a satisfying of the law. The demands of the law. It didn't always look like that to the Pharisees. Right and to the scribes, but he was not on the scene to turn Judaism upside down and invent or create a new religion. He went to great pains to point out that the particular he point out the particular scriptures and prophecies that he was fulfilling and teaching. And you need to remember that because it's important to where we're going. So while, yes, Christianity is different, it's different because we are in a different phase of God's plan. God's plan didn't change. This was always the plan, and Jesus was making that clear. The Old Testament Jew looked to see God in the law. We look to Jesus not instead of the law, but because of how he fulfilled the law. And because he did that, because he himself satisfied the legal requirements, we can now see God, approach God God through Jesus. So again, how do we look at Jesus? I was reading yesterday about a conversation between two young celebrities, both of them who uh, had been raised in church. And one of them is currently active and serving in her church, and the other one, uh, fell away from her church, in her words. And she was explaining why. According to her, the main reason she fell away from church is that uh, she was disturbed at how her church treated uh, gay people in her youth group and in her church in general. And this bothered her particularly because, according to her, she was also struggling with her own sexual identity. And I hate, if that happened, I hate that she experienced any kind of hatred, any kind of rejection, or anything that didn't look like Jesus. Uh, So, so far, fair enough, but she continued by saying this, So, I think you now telling me that I'm allowed to redesign my relationship with God as an adult and make it how it feels most accepting to me would make me feel so less turned off by spirituality. Now we're wading into some dangerous waters. She's recognizing, or seems to be recognizing, that she needs something. Uh, connection with God. And because of her Christian background, she's prob- her frame of reference is probably Jesus. But how do you redesign your relationship with God to make it feel most accepting of you without redefining God? Understand, if the picture you have of God is a wrong one, if it's inaccurate in any way, if it's unbiblical, you need a new picture of God. My point is, where should that picture come from? How do we arrive at the right picture of God? This young lady basically says, I will design my relationship with God in such a way as to find myself acceptable to Him. I will picture God having absolutely nothing against me or anything about me that needs changing. But, Scott... Doesn't God indeed love us just as we are? And He absolutely does. But if our determination is to remain in the state in which God finds us, then we will not allow His love to change us, to transform us, which the Scripture clearly teaches needs to happen. The Bible says all have sinned, and that means we need a Savior. Sin is a killer, and salvation is rescue. If you ran into a burning building to save somebody you loved, wouldn't it be weird if they said, do you love me just as I am here in this burning building? And you say yes. And if they said then, well then why do you want to take me out of this burning building? What's your answer? Because I love you. Same thing. We don't get to choose how, uh, how we want or wish Jesus to be. We have to take him as he is. He doesn't need to change for us. He changes not. The good news is we don't have to change for Him to love us. But recognizing that He loves us makes us open to the changes He desires to work in us. You want to look at Jesus? You need to start in the Word, start in the Bible. Here we see him study his life, study his teachings, study his miracles, his crucifixion, his resurrection. We see all of these in the Gospels. And then we can study what God revealed to Paul and the other authors of the epistles. Can and will Christ speak to us in different ways? Will he speak to us on a personal level? Uh, dreams, visions, answered prayer, and of course the answer is yes, but it's important to know that none of these other ways will ever contradict the Christ we see in the written word of God. So we must remain immersed in scripture. When you really know the Jesus of the Bible, you will find it much easier to pray to him and much easier to know when that he is listening and much easier For you to hear the answer. Don't look for a God that fits your current desires. Look for the God who is there. Look to the Christ of Scripture. Call out to that Jesus. That Jesus, according to Scripture, died for your sin, for my sin, for the sin of the world, so that we could be in right relationship with God the Father, so that we could be saved. As Romans uh, 10.9 says, If you will confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus Christ and believe in your heart that God has raised him from the dead, you will be saved. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for this time uh, and for the means to communicate with one another. We pray that as we humble ourselves to the authority of your word, we will indeed see Jesus and come to know you more perfectly. And then, Lord, help us to keep our eyes on you as we continue to walk out the victory you have promised, now specifically the victory over this plague on our land. And I pray now for anyone hearing this message that has not personally confessed Christ as Lord, that they would see you for who you are, that they would be overwhelmed by your love, and that they would humbly acknowledge their need for a Savior. We love you, Lord. We give you all the glory and the praise and honor in Jesus' name. Amen. God bless you guys. Love you. See you soon. Hey, I want to say again, really miss you guys. I hate not being together. Uh, we're going to find ways to continue to connect, and this is, this is a good one for now. I, listen, I, would, uh, I always enjoy the interaction after a message on Sunday afternoons or Sunday mornings, uh, and I would like to sort of keep that going. So if you've got any questions, any comments on the message you just heard, I'd love to hear from you. Post below whatever, uh, whatever you happen to be watching this on. We'd love to hear your comments, love to hear your questions. We'll do our best to answer and we get back to you as soon as possible. Be blessed.